this August, my wife and I will be celebrating 10 years of beautiful marriage. Can I get a witness, right? Yeah. Mahalo Nui. And one of the ways we're going to celebrate that is in August, on August 8th, we're going to fly all the way down to Aotearoa and enjoy 10 days, a.k.a. New, New Zealand, North Island, and we're going to just celebrate all that God has done in our marriage in the last 10 years. We uh, courted for three years. Uh, I don't recommend long courtships for the glory of God. I'm just saying, you know, and it's a preference for me, but it was a long courtship. But at the same time, we were pure all the way to marriage, and we thank God for that. Only God can do something like that. Can I get a witness, right? And so we're going to celebrate this beautiful uh, 10-year anniversary there in Aotearoa. And you know what? One thing that reminds me about our marriage relationship is really our ring, all right? Our ring doesn't make us married. Are you with me? Our ring is symbolic for our marriage. Like when I put this ring on, it tells the world I belong to Lane Tomaselli. Amen? And when Lane puts her ring on and people see it, it tells the world that she belongs to Zeke Tomaselli. And as we look at this There's symbolic things that this ring represents. Number one, marriage is designed by God. Can I get a witness there, right? Even this past Friday, we got to marry Shane and Olivia. Come on, come on. I remember, if you're out there, I remember um, he coming up to me after a service and he says, Kahu, you got to stop preaching the gospel. And I said, wait, what? Are you a Pharisee in this church? What's going on, yeah? No, I said, no, because I'm convicted. I'm convicted. I'm living in sin. And then him and Shane and Olivia got with me, and we started talking about biblical marriage and what that looks like. And you know what? He was like, man, we cannot wait. We have to honor God. We have to make this right. And you know what happened on Friday? I thought it was just going to be us and a couple of people. This place was filled with 20 people in this glorious marriage, right? And we got to celebrate that. Amen. Amen. We, we got to put on the rings, and we got to represent what marriage means to us. Marriage is designed by God. But number two, marriage is a covenant, not a contract. Well, you may ask, what does that mean? Marriage is not based, is only based on, uh, a contract is based on distrust. A covenant is based on trust. A contract is based on limited liabilities, right? A contract. But a covenant is based on unlimited liabilities, You guys got to understand that this is what it means to be married. Number three, the ring also represents that marriage is rooted in love. I know we live in a culture that has redefined love. Can I get a witness out there if you know what I'm saying? But the reality is for us believers in Jesus, we believe at Ohana Church, the one, the only thing that matters and defines what we are today and specifically love is what the scripture says, not culture. Not culture, not what the government says. Love is determined by what God says. And you cannot redefine what God has established. And that's what we see. And lastly, the ring represents that marriage brings glory and honor to God. That is the truth. This ring symbolizes those core things. It honors God. This morning, are you honoring God? This morning, are you wearing your spiritual wedding ring? 
You may ask, what does that mean, right? Well, today we're going to do a topical message. If you're brand new to our church, we're usually doing a book of the Bible, verse by verse. Many people call it expository, but it's more than just books of the Bible, verse by verse. But we also preach it exegetically, meaning we lead out of the text and not eisegetically lead into the text with our own opinion. We believe our own opinion, our experience, they're all secondary to God's word. Can I get a witness? And so we believe at Ohana Church that the Bible is one hundred percent accurate and we believe that for us to follow Christ it means to follow his word there is no distinction from that the word is Christ Christ is the word we want to honor God with his word and so today we're going to talk about baptism baptism is a symbolic picture of our relationship with God and it's read out mainly through Matthew chapter 28 would you turn with me there Matthew chapter 28. If you don't have your word, that's fine. You can look up on the screen, but I would encourage everyone, bring your word. Bring your Bible, whether it's in uh, word book form or phone form or a smartphone or stupid phone, whatever kind of phone you have. You know, just bring it so that we can divide the word of God together. Would you stand with me in the reading of God's word? This is post-resurrection. This is where Jesus resurrects. And he spends 40 days on earth. Now, we know the 40 days based on reading the book of Acts in the third verse of the first chapter. And Jesus says some remarkable things that helps us identify what baptism is and what it is not. Ho mao kao kao. It says this in verse 16. Now, the 11 disciples went to where? Galilee. To the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw Jesus, they what? Worship him. Do you see Jesus this morning? But it also says, but some what? Doubted. We have some doubters in here this morning. Do we have any? 18, and it says that Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And here's the platform of church planting for us as a church. It says, go therefore... And make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the, help me out, the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Listen to these words. Teaching them. Coaching them. Training them. To observe all that I have commanded you eleven. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. God, my heart is so full right now. With your word, with your testimony. And God, today's text will really measure our relationship and fellowship with you. Lord Jesus, we don't need to be entertained. We need to be convicted today. We need truth. We don't need a popularity contest this morning. We don't need a Christian celebrity status this morning. We need Jesus. So Christ, would you honey, honey us? And if there's any heva in us, rebuke it out of us. 
Help us to embrace you wholeheartedly. In Jesus' name we pray. God's Ohana says, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. The word baptism, the word baptize is the word in the Greek language that really means baptizo. Baptizo. It really means to submerge. Another translation means it means to dip under. The other different word of that is the word antex ame. Antex ame is the opposite of submerging. It means to sprinkle. So the word that is used in this text, baptize, is the word we see, baptizo, which means to put someone under water. It's both theological, symbolic, and mythological. How we practice baptism as Ohana Church is by submersion. We grab an individual who is a believer in Jesus, and we baptize them under the water. Some of them have asked me to hold them under a little longer to represent the no breath experience because baptism represents the death and burial of Christ. And so when the person comes out of the water, it's symbolic for the resurrection of Christ. But I want to share with you what baptism is not. Can I get a witness? Are you ready? Number one, baptism, people think this, misunderstandings. They, may, they think that I must be baptized in order to be saved. I must be dunked in water in order to have salvation in Jesus' name. We're going to address this a little later, but that is not what baptism is. Here's another misunderstanding, that I must be baptized as an infant to be saved. We do not baptize infants here, okay? Just want to make it clear, all right, so that you don't call me up, and for the sake of being embarrassed on the phone, I'm going to have to tell you this. We do not baptize infants. We believe baptism is a response to salvation. Primarily, you are saved, and we'll talk about salvation more in great detail. Lastly, I must be baptized multiple times to stay saved. Now, this was the hypocrisy we've seen at Ohana Church since the beginning we started. We have people, if you wanted to be honest and you would say, Kao, that's me, would you raise your hand real quick, huh? Right? A few of you? Yeah, I know it. I know it. And that's the reality. Some of you, I was baptized a Buddhist kahu. I was baptized a Mormon kahu. I was baptized every other thing and all that because there is not a clear understanding of baptism. Baptism does not save you. As we sung last week at Easter, Jesus saves you, period. If today was your salvation day and for some reason you are taken by death, and you did not get baptized, you will still enter the pearly gates of heaven. To say that baptism saves is to make the gospel a perversion of itself. To say that anything saves takes away from salvation in Christ alone. The Bible teaches that baptism is a response to what Christ has done in our heart already. So we see three truths from our text today in Matthew. Number one, baptism publicly declares my relationship with Jesus. Say that with me. One, two, three. Baptism publicly declares my relationship with Jesus. Look at the text. Jesus is speaking not to the 12. It's very clear. He's speaking to the 11. These 11, they have a relationship with Jesus. How do we know that? Jesus is talking to them. God, in his grace, is talking to sinners. 
But these are the same 11 we know that will change the world forever. These are the 11 that God would use to change all of, all of the Middle East, Europe, which was Asia Minor, Asia Minor, all the way up to Macedonia, into the New Europe lands, into Africa, into Ethiopia area, into India. These are the 11 that God would use for his name because they have an intimate love relationship with him. I want you to see how it says going on in verse 19. He says he tells these disciples, all right? He says, go make disciples. Now, in the Greek language, there is no word go, okay? The word that is translation in that is as you are, all right? That is the real translation, as you are, meaning as you are living life, make people that look like me. Are you with me? Make, not make people that look like the high priest that's in, the, that's in the Holy of Holies. At this time, the Holy of Holies are torn down anyway. But not, not people that look like Zeke. Not people that look like anybody, but people that look like me. Make disciples, followers of Christ. We see that very clear, black and white, in our deal. There is a relationship that goes on when, it, when we do baptism. And reality truth here says this, that Christianity is centered on a relationship with God through Christ. God don't need nobody. He is God. It's our stance as believers at Ohana Church. We have a high view of God. God is absolutely God. And you're not. But God is glorious in that he has allowed us to be a part of his story through baptism. Christianity is centered on a relationship with God through Christ. So when we are baptized, it reveals our relationship with Christ and what he has already done for us in Jesus for salvation. Are you with me? John 3, 36. Whoever believes in the Son has what? When you look at the text, you have to see what's not, what it's not saying. It's not saying whoever is baptized in the Son has eternal life. It's not saying that. It says believe. And we learned that last week. The word believe in the Greek language is the word pizyo'o. Pizyo'o is meaning I have faith. I have belief. But it is, a, it is a word. It is a word that is described that is given to us. That we've been given faith to believe. I believe. I have faith in. I trust in. I pass this over. I am entrusted with. What am I entrusted with? A relationship with God. I've been entrusted with a relationship with God through Jesus. Here's a reality check for us. Baptism does not save you. Jesus saves you. What Jesus did on the cross through his burial and through his resurrection is what saves us. Baptism is just the result of salvation in Jesus. Are you with me? I hope you are. I hope you are. Because after this is done, I hope it's not this, oh, well, I've been baptized five times, but I'll get baptized again right now, all right? Here's the reality. We want to make sure that baptism does not replace God. All right? God is God. No, nothing can replace him. Baptism is a celebration of who God is in our relationship with him. And that's what we said. We, did you know we had over 22 people receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior last Sunday? And I can promise you half of them ain't here this morning. It's true. That's what happened. Easter is it's easy for come to Easter services and get all wild up and party and get your best Sunday on, you know. It's easy. But following Christ is more about than just making a decision. It's not even a decision. 
It wasn't you that chose Christ. It was himself that chose you. Christ chose you. Not because there was anything good in you. You are scum. You are sinners. I am scum. I am a sinner. There's nothing good in me. There's only one righteous person. His name is Jesus. And what does Jesus do? Jesus makes us righteous in his name. That's what happens. Are we having church this morning? Baptism publicly declares my relationship with Jesus. Number two, baptism publicly identifies me with the family of Jesus. Ho'o mau kau kau? You sure? You sure? You sure? You sure you ready for this? Let me read it again. Baptism publicly identifies me with the family of Jesus. This is a critical truth for all of us in this room. Jesus is speaking to 11 men, all right? And he's telling these 11 men who's his family, right, to go meet me on the mountaintop, all right, because I'm about to say some stuff to you. When Jesus tells you go someplace, what do you do? Do you go or do you stay? Now, I'm asking honest questions. Do you go or do you stay? He says, go over there. He says, go over there. I've got some things to tell you. Let me tell you something about God's family, reality, truth. You cannot associate yourself with Jesus, all right, but not associate yourself with the same people he died for and united you together. Oh, you don't have to be a Christian. You don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Listen to me. If you are truly a follower of Jesus, you can't help but gather with other Christians. So I rebuke that statement in the name of Jesus. If you truly belong to God, you belong to his ohana. You're not just playing church and you come in church whenever you feel like, whenever it's convenient for you. That's why we're praying God do something drastic in this nation to show the difference between genuine and ungenuine. So that we can really see what Christianity is. I know it's not popular to preach like this. I get it. But look, I'm not looking for a popularity contest. I'm looking for people to be true of their response to the gospel. There must be truth preached over pulpits today. We have to because it's only by truth that people will be set free and own it. Because God is truth. Listen to me. Look at this. Okay? You cannot associate yourself. So here's the two things I want to encourage everybody, all 22 of you that have made responses to the gospel. Number one, you need to be connected on Sunday. Now, I know church is not just limited to Sunday, but it is a day that everybody's off. I need some water for that one. It's a day that everybody is off, especially in Hawaii. Oh, I get sports. So do we. That's why we're over here first and then we'll go later. Amen. There's the reality. Get connected. Now, I'm not saying this is the only way you can get connected, but it's a big deal to come on Sunday for us. We believe Sundays is our Super Bowls. And that's how you grow in God's ohana. That's what baptism says. Number two, you need to be connected in an ohana group or a community group. We call it ohana group now, but back in the day we used to call it community group. And this is what we believe. It's one of our core values. We believe in gospel community. We believe for us to grow in Christ also means to grow with God's ohana. All right? And that means going to a football game after church. That means hanging out and doing whatever the ladies did with the art gallery and all that beautiful stuff. You won't see Kawu there, but amen for you guys for that, right? 
that, that means all kinds of stuff. That means breaking bread and fellowship and going to the Chinese restaurant. That means having basketball and Christian liberty. Whatever you guys upon have a part, whatever you guys have done, that's what it means to be a part of God's ohana. And I would encourage you, the way I measure someone's faith, all right, the way I see growth in someone's faith is I ask them three things. What church are you at? No, no, not, not, you know, not, a lot of people when I, at Hilo High School, like, oh, I go to that church, that big church on the hill. They don't even know the name. <laughs> Look at this. Number two, where are you serving in the church? That's how I identify, are you growing in Christ? Where are you actively serving, all right? And ultimate, and the reason why I ask the first one, what church you're going at, I'm asking what authority are you laying under? That's the deal with church. The only way it is a true church is if there's elders. That's the way God established it. So who are you submitting to? You cannot go rogue. That's not the way Christ establishes church. Who are you actively submitting under? And then who are you serving through? Where are you serving? And then I'm going to ask you the big question. How are you living that out? How are you giving? How are you not just money, but your time, energy, efforts, affection. How, what does that look like? Because if you just doing Christianity apart from God's family, I would question your relationship with God. Now, again, it's not about you doing more things. It's about you knowing God. And the result of knowing God is knowing his family. That's the way it works. I'm a Tomaselli. At Tomaselli family reunions, you best believe I expect every Tomaselli to be there. And it's not even that much. It's like 20 of us. You know what I'm saying? Now, the Mahiai area, oh, help us, Lord. You know? Help us, Lord. But that's the reality. You need to be connected on Sundays, and you need to be connected in community groups or Ohana groups. You say, well, I'm not connected yet. Perfect. You can get connected today. Amen. You can go see our connection table back there. And here's the excuses I've heard in my 16 years of ministry of why people don't gather with God's Ohana. Number one, I'm too busy. Now, here's the deal. The disciples in our text, they were busy, but they were busy in a different way. You know why they were busy? They were being persecuted. They were hiding out. So you know what? Being in Galilee was better than being in Jerusalem. Maybe we need some persecution in our nation. To define what is genuine and what is not genuine. I'm not saying that to be derogatory, but that's the reality. We've seen that the gospel advanced in the New Testament because God pushed persecution in Jerusalem. And because of that, all of them scattered, all 11 of them. All 11 of them went differently. And what we know about the gospel, it's reached Hawaii today. Do you know in two years, we're going to celebrate 200 years of the gospel being in Hawaii. Praise the Lord. 200 years. So we have no excuse, amen? We have no excuse. These are true actions. Number one, they say, I'm too busy. Number two, they say, I, I am sick, man. The best time to be a part of God's family is when you're sick. You need some hands laid on you all day long. We're here, all right? We're here to anoint you with oil, as James 5 says. It's not, it's not a charismatic thing. It's a gospel thing. The James 5 says, if someone is sick, call the elders of the church, anoint them with oil. But how would you know that if you don't hang out with God's family? How do you not know? So I'm too busy. I'm too sick. Or oh, here's the big scary one for me. I'm good. I'm good. That concerns me. That concerns me. I believe everyone in this room should always have a prayer request. When I ask somebody, how can I pray for you? 
And you say, I'm good, Kahu. That concerns me. No promise. Look in my eyes. That concerns me. Why? Because we live in a fallen world. And it eats up at our core. And we need each other to point us to the gospel, to point us to Jesus. And this is marks of true Christianity. And the tragedy is this. Look at the tragedy is this. The tragedy is there are going to be some doubters, like the text says. There's going to be one person left out of that 11, like that text says. There's going to be people that reject the gospel even when they see Jesus face to face. Why? Because the tragedy is sin kills. Sin is not a temporary issue. Sin is a permanent issue that needs to be addressed by the preaching of the word, by the conviction of the heart, by the receiving of the gospel. And that's what happens. We receive Jesus, and if we truly receive Jesus, we want to make him known through baptism, that I have a relationship with him, and that I have a relationship with God's ohana. Look at what Romans says. He says, we were buried, therefore, with who? With him. By baptism in what? Death. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the what? Newness of life. This is why we need Christ and we need each other through Christ so that we can walk together in the newness of life. And sin would always say the opposite. Sin would always say, isolate yourself. Sin would always say, hey, sin will make up excuses. I heard stories all day long about excuses about why they don't believe God after a great Easter service. Whether it's, it's analytically, whether it's scientifically, there's excuses. Why? Because the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Even if we gave them all the scientific, historic knowledge, the theological grams, if we gave it all to them, it would still be foolishness to them because they are perishing. What they need is not eloquent speech. What they need is a sovereign savior to rescue them from their bondage. That's what they need. We cannot, we cannot save nobody, but we can point them to the one that can save. And that's why Ohana needs to stay together. We need to be together. We need to love each other. We need to correct each other. You know? And here's the bad thing. People will always say, well, you only got to be concerned with what God thinks about you. Praise the Lord. But what God thinks about you is told to what other people thinks about you sometimes too, you know. And you need people. You need accountability. For instance, women, Hawaiian, local women, one of the hardest things that I see is the way you talk. The way you talk identifies to me your relationship with God. Your languages. Now, you're looking at a sinner of all sinners, all right? What you see up here is not what you knew 16 years ago. I promise you that. All right? I know I'm preaching what I, went, what I go through every day of my life. And here's the reality. Women fall in love with Jesus. Man, I'm not done with you, man. 50, 60, 70 years old, and you're still doing what little boy's doing. Still looking at the stuff that you should not be looking at. Still saying the stuff you should not be saying. Still doing it. And I don't say this in arrogance or pride. I say this in love. Turn. Fall in love with Jesus. What happens? When you fall in love with Jesus, you fall in love with God's family. And they may look different than you. They may not act like you. Promise, I'm a cow of of 80, 100 people every Sunday, everybody get different personalities in this room. Promise kind. 
I'm not the kahu that just stay in the office. I live life in the city. I know how you all act. I know how I act. And it's not that much different from you. I'm learning too in the process. I'm just held at a higher standard. And that's why you need to obey the office of pastor and pray for your pastors. Amen. You need to pray. You need to pray. And what that, that is done through people who love Jesus and love each other together. Gather. Join together. Here's the last one. Baptism publicly introduces Jesus to those who don't know Jesus. Can I get a witness, right? It says in verse 19, go therefore and make disciples of some nations. No, all. Praise the Lord. This is why we're Southern Baptists. For real. This is one of the reasons why we're Southern Baptists. Did you know Southern Baptists is involved in every nation in the world? This is why we're Southern Baptists. Did you know Southern Baptists is the number one mission agency in the world? We have over 15,000 missionaries all over the world. Now, when I say missionaries, that's all they do. On behalf of our churches, we, we facilitate them. We pay for their expenditures. They go out there. We do that. But we think, this is what happens. This is how the enemy perverts it. We think because we got 15,000, we don't need to do nothing. No. We should be saying we got a billion people out there sharing the cross, sharing the cross, sharing the cross. We're not there yet. So he says, look, therefore, go make disciples in all the nations. The way the Greek translated out in the English, it says disciple all the nations. It says, as you go, disciple every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Look, look, he did not limit his ohana to a city. He said, not Hilo, not just Hilo, he said all nations, all cities. He even said it this way, you have another ohana that's in other nations that don't know that they belong to our ohana, and we need to tell them about us through Jesus. Does that make sense? I'm praying that we'll be the church that's actually sending people out of this building. We're not just helping the Haoles to go to other parts of the world to, to help them out. No, the Kanaka, the Filipino. All of us in this room, we're sending you guys out. We're bringing you up on stage. We're commissioning you out. And we're saying, you go to the ends of the earth so that the gospel may be proclaimed. Why? Because God has called us to do that. And some of you, you know good here anyway, so get out of here. <laughs> you laugh, but I'm certain of it. You may not be good here. Get out of here. Here's a reality truth. It's one thing to make disciples here in Hilo, but to advance it to Japan and Southeast Asia is truly a mission worth living and dying for. That's the deal. And I'm not just speaking this with not experiences. I feel I've lived this. I've lived this. I know what it means to be taken from my aina and pastor in areas that is uncomfortable for me. It's different culture for me. I understand that. I get that. But how much more would it look so much, as we say in Hawaii, more better when God's ohana takes the calling to go in parts of the world that need gospel influence. There won't, there's one more unreached people group, and they're in, in the Pacific, specifically South Pacific, and they're in Papua New Guinea. There really is no name for them. They just call it indigenous people. And these people are so so paganistic and so rough that a couple weeks ago, some missionary, I got word that some missionaries went down there with some merchant seamen to get the gospel there. And when they got to the beach, all right, there were the, these natives are throwing rocks and all these and debris at these. They don't want nobody on. At the same time, they're practicing their paganistic sexual riches right on the beach in front of everybody. And see, for us, we're so confined to our safety today in Hawaii. 
It says that missionaries have been killed by these tribes in the last, uh, in the last 50 years. They've been eaten. These missionaries have been eaten by these tribes. But these, these are the people that qualify for salvation. Why? Because they're in desperate need for Jesus. They're in desperate need for Jesus. We need to understand what baptism does. Baptism publicly introduces Jesus to those who don't know him. In fact, in the Middle East, there are stories that are saying that people who are converted in Jesus' name after hearing the gospel, they are, they are baptized immediately that day, and in public, they are killed because of that. But I promise you, we will live comfortable here. Does the gospel break your heart like it broke Jesus' heart? Because the reality, that's what baptism does. Look at how Mark says it. Mark says it this way. John Mark, he says, and he said to them, go into all the world and what? Proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. The word proclaim is literally the verbal word of God. It's not go put on a block party and minister to people and give them free candy and all that. That's just an extension. But the real ministry is the verbal word of God. This is why we told all of our groups that you have to give a gospel presentation. You have to share Jesus with them. How would they hear if there's no preacher, Romans 10 says. Blessed are the faith that brings the what? The good news. So going to all the world, proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes, all right, and is what? Baptized. They're not together. They're two separate words in the Greek language. There must be belief first before baptism. Do you see that? There must be a belief before baptism. So whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. I mean, could you think about the closest family members to you? That they're condemned apart from Christ. That their issue is not whether the church is giving money to missions or the issue is not because of this or that. The issue is we have hearts that are wicked and we need Christ. We need Christ. We need Jesus. And this is done by, we, by God saving people and seeing people baptized in his name. Here's, our, here's a couple things I want you guys to remember. All right. That, that being said, I want you to give you three warnings of an unhealthy church. Number one, no first-time visitors are attending. Because what that's saying is that our people aren't living the gospel in the community, the church. Not the church building, the church people. Number two, no leaders are being raised up. I tell our staff this all the time. Your main job is to get you out of your role. Develop people that can do your stuff. Did you guys know that I used to lead the worship up here when we first started? And Ulu Mike is doing a phenomenal job with the team, right? Did you know we had like 20 different sound mans, right? And now the one that didn't like it now loves it, Kahu Marcus. And he's developing people today, right? That, that's a sign of good growth. But when you're not developing leaders, you're not growing healthy. Number three, there is no global partnership. There is no global par- partnership going on at the moment. We believe here at Ohana Church that we didn't plant a church just to soak on it. We planted a church to plant many more churches so that the Great Commission may be lifted out. Lived out for the glory. And you heard today, God is moving us forward. Our goal is to plant 10 churches in 10 years. We're only going to be four years old two weeks from now. And God has allowed us to gloriously plant eight churches and two on the way. 
Listen to me. That's God. Amen. That's God through you. This is why we need to understand a high view of God and a low view of our lives. Because it wouldn't, it's not, it's, if it wasn't for God, we would not even have no ability to commune with him. But thank you for the cross that we can commune with him. Amen. We can have a relationship with him. So I'll say it this way. Baptism, here's a reality truth. Baptism allows us to measure God's mighty hand through Ohana Church. You want to see whether or not you're growing in Christ? Perfect. Look at what baptism proclaims. And you may be saying this. Listen to me. You may be saying, Kahu, I don't get none of this. Let me make it clear. Christianity is not what, about, is not what you do for God. It's what he's done for you. Amen. There's only one thing that needs to happen. As we said last week, believe. 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 Repent. Receive. Be redeemed. That's what it proclaims. Let me go back to this. Some of us in this room, this hasn't even taken place yet. Why? Because there was no covenant vows in your heart with God that took place. Some of you need to get right with the Lord. And we're going to have a time of invitation soon. You need to respond to God's goodness. Respond to God's grace. But some of you, you may know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But you have not publicly made him known through baptism. If that's you, put your wedding ring on you need to be baptized and you need to be baptized biblically if you would say I've not been baptized biblically well there's time two Sundays from now we're going to celebrate four years and at two o'clock in the afternoon after church is pow we're going to go down to Coconut Island anybody know the name of Coconut Island in Hawaiian Moku Ola anybody know what that means the island of life, life island. What was used for paganism is now used for God's glory. All the churches in the city are using that as a symbolic picture of God. You have rescued me, and I want to make this known. So what am I saying? We're going to have a stinking party in two weeks. And we're going to make Christ known through those who feel led to be baptized. Listen to me. The water don't washes your sins. So if you want to get dunked because of that, all it is is a cheap bath, all right? Jesus washes away your sin. Jesus washes away your sin. And you need to put your wedding ring on to tell the world that you belong to Jesus. And Jesus, because of that, you belong to God's Ohana. And because of that, there'll be people that's not from Ohana Church, I promise you that. There'll be people that's over there just sucking them up smoking the apocalypse over there, whatever they do, you know? And that may be the only time they witness Jesus is when you put your spiritual wedding ring on.